0: look at the data prior to the 1980s we didn't really have the amount of overweight and obese individuals that we do today there is literally a hockey stick rise in obesity worldwide that began shooting up in the 1970s and 80s from that time obesity and obesity related diseases have skyrocketed fast forward to 2020 and the numbers took an even sharper turn north the global pandemic accelerated poor health as we learned to just push a button and order food from our phone. You see we could get fast food delivered to our homes, we struggle with depression, mental health challenges, and we continue to eat and become less and less healthy. We are as a world bigger and less healthy now than our parents, all due to a combination of what we eat, and what our lifestyle factors are. Today's guest has an amazing story about how she healed her autoimmune disease by switching to an animal-based food diet. She became healthier, and is here to talk to you about how. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast. Evolve your body, evolve your mind, evolve your soul, and evolve your tribe. And now, it's time to disrupt. And with that, folks, we want to welcome you to another episode of the Evolve Podcast. Joining me, playing the eardrums in Oberlin, Ohio is the most interesting man that I know. W Miles Riley, welcome Miles.
1: Steve, 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 Steve Cutler. And where are you?
0: Well, as you can tell by my attire today, I'm in a totally <laughs> different hemisphere of the world than our guest. I went outside this morning and wanted to just crawl back in bed because it's been so cold here. Don't get me wrong, I love the snow. Uh we are I think the base at Snowbird Ski Resort right now is about 13 feet. And it is an unbelievable season that we've had for snowboarding. So that part I love going out and feeling like my ears and my nose and everything is going to fall off every day. I'm not such a fan of. But somewhere in the mountains of Utah, I am your host Steve Cutler, And folks today we are really fortunate to be joined by Nikki Krendel. And Nikki is a full time student studying dietetics and biomedicine degree. At the university of newcastle in australia she's passionate about biochemistry and has a deep fascination specifically for autoimmune conditions she has used an animal-based diet for three years and has successfully healed many lifelong autoimmune disorders you may know her as biochem nikki on instagram she produces amazing content and uh has become one of my fast favorites on instagram so nikki krendel thanks so much for joining us on the evolve podcast
2: yeah thank you so much for having me guys it's always so fun talking to like-minded people who are also in touch with health and understand it
1: (laughs) Yeah. hey don't go too far with that like-minded stuff all right
0: (laughs) (laughs) miles has got a pizza in the background Well, we're, we're really like, excited to uh, have you on as uh, a true expert in this uh, biochemistry. I mean, you are not just a student at the university, but you are a student in life. You are somebody who has uh, really tested and tried several different things to work through some of the biggest challenges that you are having in your own personal health and wellness. Nikki, before we jump into your story, uh, tell our listeners, like, what is it that you feel like you're the best in the world at?
2: Um, I'm very passionate. I Once I decide I'm interested in something, I don't leave anything unturned. So I will, like, for example, I'm extremely passionate about biochemistry so i will spend every second that i can in the car at the gym whenever i'm on my own and i have a chance to listen to something i'm listening to something and um so probably my passion and my drive
0: (laughs) i love that let's i want to dive into how you have evolved into this version of yourself um talk a little bit about this autoimmune disease i know that that's been a uh, major framework of the content that you put out there on social media and has been a significant uh, impact in your life tell our listeners about the autoimmune disease and um, just give us an overview of what did that look like for you
2: yeah so i um I struggled with um, I mean, I see some stories on uh, on social media and I just uh, I'm horrified by some of the autoimmune conditions that people struggle with. And lucky enough for me, none none of it was to the point where I was bed bound or anything like that. I I can only imagine how difficult that must be for people. Um, But for myself, it was asthma, hay fever, you know, hives, headaches. You know, things that would make my life extremely uncomfortable day-to-day but that, you know, you you couldn't really put put a name to it either it was just these annoying little things all the time and and i found them getting worse and worse as as i got older and it was interesting because when i had children it sort of brought it all to a uh, a head very quickly um and so I, i i got to a point where i thought i i just have to i have to do something about this and what i'm doing currently and what i have i have been doing for many years isn't working for me so i'm ready to do something crazy And I'll just point out as well that um, I've always been fascinated by nutrition, possibly because I was aware of the fact that nutrition can play a part in health, of course, Mm -hmm. Um, but possibly as well because I had these conditions that I was trying to sort out myself, you know, and little things that you go through as a teenager too, acne, weight gain, things like that. And so I, I did develop this fascination in probably nutrition because I was trying to figure out things myself trying to find the answer to my problems and so I came out of high school and went straight into a nutrition and a nutrition course and um you know I found it really frustrating I, I never felt like I was able to find any answers to the issues that I was ever increasingly getting worse for me. And um, yeah, and then I had kids, as I said, and and things really did come to a head. So then I thought, you know what, I have this passion for nutrition. I'm going to go to dietetic school because I thought that will give me a deeper dive into biochemistry. Mm. And then if I can understand uh, the biochemistry of the human body, then I'll be able to heal my own issues. And uh, around that time, I was trying to sort of I guess get back into the nutrition space a little bit since having kids get, I could see that Instagram was becoming a bigger thing. So I thought I'll jump on there and see who I can, you know, look into. And, and I ended up following um, ketogenic girl and she was doing the keto diet, of course, but she had just been introduced to the carnivore diet. And um, I remember thinking both of those diets sound crap and they sound like hype and it sounds, really dumb (laughs) but i said i I was at a point in my life where i thought well what i what i have been doing up until now uh, hasn't been working so i guess i was quite open-minded and i jumped straight into the keto diet and within about a week i started to um see a lot of the issues i was struggling with start to fade away to a point and then it opened my mind a little bit more to an animal-based diet
0: it's pretty fascinating when you hear about that. I, I, there's a few things I want to unpack there. Uh, first and foremost, this idea that you started studying nutrition and dietetics, and you said oh, there wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily helping you to to learn and heal. Because I think a lot of the times when you get into studying dietetics, it's more of just a regurgitation of dogma based on government guidelines. And I don't think that there's a government out there. Uh, that is putting the right new information out there about nutrition. I think that the uh, majority of the information that's being put out, if you look at it, it's designed to sell food and food products. And so I can I can definitely resonate with that. I was in the same boat when I started studying nutrition. I thought, well, this isn't this doesn't work. Um, I've tried that; it's not working. Much like you, I got to a stage of life where I had tried several different things. And it was almost like the last thing to try was this whole low low uh, carb, high fat ketogenic carnivorous diet that I thought was silly. But then I said, "Well, yeah. wait a minute. I've never tried it though. I've criticized it. I've never tried it." And sure enough, that became the thing that changed everything in my life. So you found this, you started to do it. You get into it about a week or two. What were some of the changes that you noticed in your symptoms as you were early stage?
2: Definitely straight away. It was, it was fat loss. I say fat loss because I, I had a pretty good body composition. I've always been interested in, uh, I've, I've always been to the gym and, and kept myself pretty fit. Um, so I, I lost a lot of body fat that I found for my entire life very difficult to uh get rid of so within as i said within the first week it was like oh something is uh, this has never happened to me before and actually straight away my hay fever and my asthma um really started to get under control and i i i guess if i think about it it would have been around this time of year which is um coming into autumn for me which is just usually throughout the rest of my life was a terrible time for my allergies. So it was quite obvious Uh, when my asthma went down and, um, and my hay fever went away, it was like, oh, okay, something, something's going on here, something that I'm not used to. And I guess that was very, uh, it was lucky because it, it held my attention um, as I said before jumping into this, I had heard about the keto diet before. I hadn't heard about the carnivore diet, but I'd heard about the paleo diet and I'd heard about the keto diet. And I'll be honest, I thought it sounded like hype. I thought it sounded yeah. like, um, I, you know, I would brush it off thinking, oh, yeah, 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 the keto <laughs> diet. Here we go. Uh, and it's unfortunate because I think a lot of people do feel that way, but, um, you know, as I said, I, 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 had to do something drastic that I'd never done before. Nothing had worked for me before and it held my attention straight away.
0: <laughs> I think that those are some important points, uh, you know, I mean the initial weight loss, like you talk about that's, that's not an uncommon thing with people because once you start eating more in line with the way that humans were designed to eat you just will naturally eat and almost self-regulate. And so you see body fat going down, you're supportive of new, of uh, the muscle tissue. And so you tend to hold on to the muscle tissue and you lose the body fat. I don't know if you're like me. And maybe you're just kind of downplaying this a little bit. But I, so I grew up in Utah, I've lived here the majority of my life. It's a very dry state, spring and fall. As beautiful as they are, were some of the most difficult seasons for me because the hay fever and the allergies and the asthma that would kick up were the absolute worst. And there there are times literally where I can't wear glasses or I can't wear contacts for two, three, four weeks at a time. And I have to wear my glasses instead because my eyes were always red. I'm always sniffing. I'm always, you know, struggling with that hay fever. And and sure, sometimes it's just this low level thing. But I mean, ask anybody that thing that's continually poking at you, you know, and bothering you over time, that takes a lot of energy away. Talk about the, the changes in your allergies. As, as you notice this and it held your attention,
1: yeah.
0: what, what happened over time to the allergies? What happened over time to the hay fever? What happened over time to mood and energy relative to that?
2: Yeah. So I, I agree completely with what you're saying. It's, I mean, as I said, there are people from in this space that have dealt with things that have caused them to be bed bound for many years and they've managed to heal that. But sure. I think, yeah, you underestimate things like hay fever and asthma either because, um, I mean, I, I remember getting to a point where I was just so unhappy all the time. And even with these two beautiful kids that that I had, my my babies, I just, You know, I had no motivation because I was just chronically in discomfort all Mm. the time, sneezing, red, itchy, like everything was itchy and everything was always uncomfortable. And I was always anxious about where I'd go, what what would make my tummy feel worse, what would, you know, everything was always just a chronic struggle all day long. So, um, yeah, for me, mood was, was a big one too. Um, and actually, to be honest, because I've experienced those issues so much uh, throughout my entire life, I remember saying to my, my girlfriend at a point that I I don't even think I know my personality. I don't, I don't even think I know who I am because Mm. there's this new person out where I just feel happy all the time. And when I look back now, I, I realized that, my God, I, I think I was possibly starting to fall into a bit of a depressive state. And I won't say that it was definitely just because of hay fever and asthma, but, you know, I mean, having chronic discomfort all the time, every day, no matter what you do is really debilitating mentally. Okay. And so that was, um, that was a big one. And so for me, finding joy in, in everyday little things and my kids, and finding joy and spending time with my kids was something that I hadn't really, I'd be honest, I hadn't really experienced that much. So um, that was amazing for me.
0: It's it, its fascinating, uh, your, your story echoes mine, uh, where I just realized that my distraction was keeping me away from who I was. So worrying about going somewhere because, well, what if I eat that? And what if I eat that? And this? where's the nearest restroom? Where's, how, how am I going to hide the discomfort that I'm feeling if I eat something and it really bothers me? And then I don't want to be the guy in the room that's always sniffing and sneezing and doing, you know, whatever, wiping my eyes, my nose, having it drip and people say, are you okay? Yeah, I just look like I'm crying, but I'm not. It's the hay fever. It changes you mentally, emotionally. Yeah, yeah. It, and it, and I, I think it does start to depress your mood. It depresses how you feel. It depresses your ability to show up in life in your most authentic self. These started to go away. You started to notice a difference. You said that held your attention. As you got further down and mood started to change, allergies were changing. You had lost some body fat. Fast forward, you're several months into this. You're a year into this. What's different?
2: Well, it was, I tell you what, it was a very interesting time because at that point, I, as I said, I had decided that I'd go back and do dietetics and um, I decided that a dietitian was the name that I wanted, but because I had learned quite a bit about the keto idea and I was, it, it, to be perfectly honest, I wasn't on keto for very long. I was really only gone keto for about two weeks and then okay. I jumped straight into the whole thing because I could see that the more plants that I eliminated, the better I felt. But as I said, it was really quite fascinating, because by that point, I had just started university to study dietetics. And straight from the get go, I could see that this was going to be a difficult time, <laughs> because it was just as dogmatic, if not more than than I expected it would be. Um, so but having said that, the further, I, the, the further, the further I went through and, and committed to the diet, the more changes that I kept seeing. And it was really interesting little things that nobody else would pick. But, you know, just changes in mood. As I said, my my mood um, w- was much more constant. But months down the track feeling like, God, you know, I, I've been through a stressful event and that's not even affecting me as much as it usually would. I mean, we we have life stresses, of course, yeah, we avoid that. But I'll give you an example. Right at that point, I'd found out that my husband – had been having an affair for a year so Mm. we obviously divorced. and um i I mean that was tough but certainly not as tough as i thought that i'd find it i i really felt like my mood was able to keep pretty constant um uni was stressful but the moods were just (laughs) like this majority of the time so that was really great my headaches started decreasing um my energy in the gym went up which was really interesting for me because as i said i've always been very into the into the gym and one of the things in fact probably the only thing that i was hesitant about this diet was well hang on a minute if you are very active you need carbohydrates you just do that's what i've always believed and so i thought how could you possibly energy in the gym um, but again, the more I learned about it, the more I thought, okay, well, maybe I can use my, my fat stores and, and all that. And I must be able to use them because the body fat is shifting. So, uh, so that's great. And um, yeah, that was a real big surprise for me. A couple months in, I felt like my gym performance was starting to increase, which was fascinating.
0: It's a very common thing. I've, I have thought that. I've heard that. Well, you need carbohydrates. The reality is, I, and I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think all carbohydrates are horrible or bad or whatnot, right? But um, there is this, uh, people forget that there are essential amino acids that we need. There are essential fatty acids. There's no such thing as an essential sugar, right? We can, we can live without it, um, and we can function without it. We can create energy in the muscles without it. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that have proven that. I want to go back to what you were talking about relative to your mood and the stability there. It's fascinating to me because you're you're by far not the only person I've talked to that has said that their mood has stayed stable despite excruciating challenge and stress in life. Eating this way, changes the biochemistry it changes the functionality of the brain and these high highs and these low lows that we feel relative to the food that we eat but we don't even make that connection that oh i'm i have these mood swings and it's just life but yet as soon as you change your nutrition you don't have those mood swings anymore and stress comes in it doesn't feel great but you're not you know at the bottom of the barrel or you don't feel like you're on the top of mount everest when everything is you know going well for you talk a little bit more about that stability that you've noticed in your overall emotional the way you show up to life
2: yeah it's um it's very interesting and i've done quite a lot of reading into this myself because it is a topic that truly truly fascinates me and i i know that you can't say that every mental disorder can be healed completely by diet but having right. said that to me, the more that I learn about uh, nutrition, the more and biochemistry, the more I, I can't help but wonder how many of those unfortunate mental disorders that people deal with, even things like anxiety and depression. I mean, really, it's all to do with neurotransmitters and the ability sure. to use the food that we have, um and you know the 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 cofactors to produce these um, these neurotransmitters. And of course, if you are well, number one, if you're experiencing gut dysbiosis and you can't produce serotonin, then how are you going to produce not only melatonin, how are you going to produce and how are you going to organise your GABA? I mean, there's so many neurotransmitters that are even just, uh, that, that are developed from serotonin. And yeah, I, I just, um, the more that I read into this, the more fascinated I get with it and the more that I find that my goodness it's 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 actually one that people are able to get through their daily lives without having severe depression (laughs) that's that's what amazes me more these days um for me the way I would describe it and and I think you you can't even really ever explain it fully to anybody they have to experience it themselves because I don't even know how to the only way I could describe it is that my mood is higher and stable up on a higher level whereas you know, through through the rest of my life, it was much more like this, yeah. you know, and... and, and
1: it kind of waves we, we up and stress- down.
2: Exactly, much more up and down, but down here, up and down. Mm. Whereas now it's up here and just pretty straight and, you know, that you have these stresses. But one interesting thing for me is that I find that I also, uh, I'm able to reevaluate very quickly. If there's a life stressor that that comes at me, I sort of, I might kind of go, oh my God, what am I going to do? But after an hour or so, I'm... I'm, I figured out a way to, to move on. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I found a method. And um, so yeah, it's just dealing with um, daily stresses seem to just be much more um, doable. <laughs> Very interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, you I, I like how you're talking about the hormone production. You know, I mean, I, when I, I used to struggle with sleep a lot and I would take higher dosages of magnesium and GABA before bed, uh, you know, magnesium to help support GABA production and I uh, as I went into a more ketogenic low-carb way of eating I don't I don't need that I mean not yeah. not never but far less than what I ever needed before and yet I was supplementing with GABA and with magnesium to get me to sleep so that I could you know create this circadian rhythm that worked for my body and made me healthy and happy and yada yada but bypassing that and going directly to the food, reducing the carbohydrates, that fixed everything. And I don't need the magnesium in the gavel like I used to. And so it fixed the sleep. And once you improve one hormone, or a couple of those sets of hormones, everything else cascades in a positive direction as well. Because you are getting regular sleep, your leptin and ghrelin balance out, everything else is improving, right? So I absolutely love that I want you to talk a little bit more about the connection between the gut and the brain because I think this is something that far too many people don't understand how deeply connected the gut and the brain are and that our mental health is directly tied to the health of our gut what have you learned from your study and from your practice relative to this gut uh, brain connection
2: well, I'd love to uh, learn more about the gut uh, microbiota. But unfortunately, I don't think any of us will really ever truly understand that. Um, but what I do know is that I think people and unfortunately, the, the medical system underestimates the neural connection, the neural um, innovation of, of our gut. First yeah. off, I mean, yeah. they're, they're neurons that really go straight into the gut, and they're picking up what are we eating? What Are we moving things through fast enough? Should we slow things down? Should we, uh, you know, there is so much innovation. And if if things are going through, that is going back and forth to the brain. And I just think it's, I I, I don't even know where to start. Where should I start with this? (laughs) (laughs) It's very
0: complicated. I understand that. Yeah
2: yeah it's it's very very complicated and i think one thing that that is truly fascinating and that is underestimated is is the ability to um produce ketones and that is such a systemic thing that's going to nourish the entire system of the gut um and provide an energy source for for the gut microbiota uh whereas i think you know that the the thinking is still that if we have fiber, that's the best way to, um, to feed this gut microbiota. But people forget that that is just a tiny little segment of the gastrointestinal system, really. Yep. And yep. so being in at points, even, you know, I think um, I'm, I'm with you, I, I'm not completely against carbohydrates, um, in certain situations. And I think some are less toxic than others. And they're the ones to to sort of choose. And I think they have their place, you know, uh, but but I think having periods where you can be in ketosis is such a, a big deal for our, um, for our gastrointestinal health, uh, not only for signaling satiety and, but for producing ketones and nourishing yeah. that whole yeah. gastrointestinal. And, and I mean, they've shown that ketones are incredibly, um, uh, anti-inflammatory as well. And so if you can, because I, I truly think, majority of for example autoimmune conditions really do seem to stem from issues in the gut and that would make sense because really we will consume things and of course if we are exposed to something that the body considers pathogenic this is where it can if it's able to get through our gastrointestinal lining it can travel up through the body and they've found that many autoimmune conditions are also heavily associated with conditions like crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. So it's sort of no surprise that by healing conditions like that, you are also going to be able to reduce your um, your um, you know autoimmune conditions as well. So I think with health, the, the deeper I get into it, actually the simpler I, to a point, find it. But also the more I think, where do you even start? Where? If i think about all the things that have changed in my body and my and my life since adopting a different lifestyle i don't even know where to start is it is it the gut is it i'm not sure
0: yeah (laughs) the starting point is is fascinating isn't it Uh, one one thing i've noticed over the years in coaching clients is years ago before i had uh spent any time in the low carb space I used to have a lot of conversations with my clients about their mindset, their mood, their limiting beliefs, all of these you know emotional and mental challenges that were blocking them from moving forward. Nowadays, if I can get somebody on a low carbohydrate, ketogenic, carnivorous type diet immediately, and I can move them in that direction, once they start uh working with me and i say okay this is just how we're gonna kick start everything and get get you moving in the right direction we're gonna help deal you got yada yada whatever it is that you know they need to hear in order to get going on it mood skyrockets their ability to function in life improves their ability to handle stress improves and so it almost like this be, uh, it, this became a shortcut we don't have to have the same conversations about mood and uh, limiting beliefs and all of these other, uh, you know, mental and emotional challenges because the brain has healed itself through the through the gut or maybe vice versa. I, I mean, we like you said, it's a very complex thing, but you get the right food in, the body functions better. You don't have to worry about the emotional piece. So I'm like you, I don't know where the best place to start is. I think it it, it can be very simple to say, all right, let's just eat a more appropriate diet for the human body. Let's get you moving on a regular basis. Let's get you some sunshine, probably should get some sleep. You do those four things, you're gonna be in a much better spot. Um, it, Nikki, you, you you study deep on a lot of these concepts, a lot of these uh, you know different interactions in the body. And one of the things that I notice about the way you post on social media is you take very complex concepts And you break it down into a simple two, three, four, five minute segment where I walk away from there. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And even things that I've read before, I just, I'm like, yeah, that that was a great way of describing it. You've got to be running into some challenges though, when you're talking to colleagues that are dietitians, people that are pushing the agenda that's in the book. Uh, I'm not sure what it's called in uh, uh, where you're at in Australia, but you know, the, the food pyramid the food guide pyramid here in the US um standard american diet which you know stands for sad um people are pushing that and i'm sure they're pushing it there as well what what are you what, what kind of resistance what kind of headwinds are you running into
2: yeah look i've been quite careful at uni up until now because i mean there have been times where i just absolutely couldn't help myself and i've Put my hand up and 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 said, "So, how would this work in in a situation, for example, where somebody's not doing carbohydrates? Blah blah blah." And the answer is always, "We wouldn't do that because it's terrible for health." Move on. It, they they won't give it the time of the day. And I can tell you, uh, dietetics is very 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 much very very much still pushing the the um, the food pyramid. Um, yeah anything to do with ketogenic it's like no nah, let's move on because it's it's bad it's ketoacidosis it's bad and i mean even i think for me at this point i i try to be more careful than anything because i i don't want to be that annoying student i just try to take in what what they're saying and what what the science is saying and then try to understand does that line up with what I learn outside of school and when I listen to things out, outside of school, it's things like Ninja Nerd lectures. I spend every second mm. that I'm on my own into lectures and it's medical lectures, Dr. Matt and Dr. Mike, um, you know, Ninja Nerd and and they really give you a really deep understanding as if you were in a classroom um, learning, you know, uh, medicine. And so i tell you what's very interesting though is that it always, always lines up with, what I have come to learn in the low-carb community every single time. Yeah. So there seems to be this inner for the teachers to um, accept it and to want to talk about it, possibly because maybe they know that it's they could get in trouble. And that's why I'm also careful because I don't want to get myself in trouble either. But actually, this is exactly the reason why I have decided to go off and do um, biomedical science as well, because I got to year three of dietetics and was disappointed to find out that that's the end of the, the bio, um, biomed. And so I thought, well, this isn't enough for me. This is not deep enough. I need to understand more. So I'm doing the biomedicine as well. And, mm. and again, when it comes to learning deep down what is going on in the body, biomedicine chemistry, it all seems to line up with what I've learned outside of school. So I just try to keep my mouth shut as much as I can at the moment and just try to connect with, like minds and and I guess my my videos are a way of me trying to understand a topic and I sort of feel like if I can if I can take a lecture of an hour 40 and bring it into a five minute um talk without having to look too much at my notes or at all then I've understand I've understood a topic so um
1: yeah
2: (laughs) I'm a bit of a nerd
1: (laughs) so maybe maybe it's time for us I don't know what you guys, I would love to hear what you think about this, both you and Steve. Um, Instead of calling it low carb, shouldn't we call it a high sugar diet that we're getting rid of? Because we're basically looking at how carbs metabolizes sugar and all the inflammation that sugar does and how much it wreaks havoc on your body. So instead of calling it low carb, shouldn't we just say we're getting rid of a high sugar diet? Great point. Absolutely. And, and my other point is, well, my mother, other question is, because I'm sitting here and I'm still trying to understand the, the connection between a carnivorous diet and autoimmune diseases. And I have a list of some of the autoimmune diseases. And I was looking at multiple sclerosis because MS is one of those diseases where, if I'm not mistaken, the myelin sheath is not fully formed. So neurons are flying across each other and there's no protection because of the lack of a myelin sheath and a high carnivore diet would also suggest, and that myelin sheath is actually fat. And so when you're doing a carnivorous diet, you're consuming more protein and more fat. Now I'm just guessing this, I'm just putting this together and just throwing out there to see what you guys think about this.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting question. And I, and I think there's some of those things that probably still need to be researched, right? The understanding of the mechanisms and how it, how it actually works in the body. I think that's some fascinating research, but it, you bring up a couple of great points and Nikki, I'd love to get your perspective on this. One of the things that I found when I was studying, uh, psychology and exercise physiology, uh, at the university, I, I, we would go through the basics of the science, But then we would talk about well this is how you should do this and this is how you should do that and certain things just didn't match up even though it was what was taught like but you just said this but then you told us to do that those things don't match up and i would get in trouble by pointing those things out uh carbohydrate metabolism was one of them i mean we went through in-depth carbohydrate metabolism and how that happens and, you know, how much longer it takes to break down a fat molecule and how that can give you longer energy over a longer period of time. And I remember thinking even back then, 20 plus years ago, well, none of this makes sense. So then the answer was, well, if you run out of energy, then just shorten your eating window, you know, like eat more often throughout the day. So just eat more carbohydrates throughout the day. And then that's going to balance your insulin. Like, but that's not what the science says. Well, yeah, but that's what the protocol is. So talk to me a little bit about, as you're going through this and you're studying the biomedicine and you're starting to bring these things up, what are some other things that you're observing that just don't line up?
2: Oh God, where do I start? But yeah, carbohydrates is a really, really interesting one. And again, they just like to sort of palm it off. I'll give you an example. It was really interesting because last year, um, we we were obviously doing exercise um, uh, exercise physiology, I think it was called the course anyway. Um, and so we had to do Wingate tests, 30 seconds mm, all out. Yep, yep. And that time, I remember one day when we did the, the Wingate test and, you know, I'm, I'm a lot older than a lot of the people in the class. I mean, I'm, I'm not an old lady, but you know, I'm in my thirties and, uh, everybody else in the class is just out of school, 18, 19 year olds and, you know, young things. Anyway, I um, we did this Wingate test and I remember this particular day, I'll never forget it because it was one of those days where I thought, "God, oh, this is an amazing diet. I hadn't eaten all day for whatever reason. I think I was, it was just a particularly busy day and I hadn't eaten anything. And so we went and did this Wingate test and I, I thought this is going to be a really interesting one. I did the wind get test and out of all of the students I was the only one that was able to do it to the whatever the I was able to basically
0: keep up of the protocol yeah
2: exactly and all the yep. other students of course they probably ate their six meals a day of carbohydrates and all that and I remember just thinking god that's amazing the fact that you can tap straight in and I felt no different afterwards I mean after about 30 seconds of you know rest I could have gone again yeah. and everybody else yeah. standing around they're, they're looking like they're going to pass out. And I just thought that was a fascinating view of it. And I remember saying to the teacher, I didn't want to say I was doing it because you always get the eye roll if you say that you're right. on a keto diet. Um, but uh, I remember saying to the teacher, so how what would happen metabolically if somebody was to do this without consuming any carbohydrates That's prior? Funny. And least said, we wouldn't ever do that because nobody would be able to do it. I'm just sitting there going, okay. Well, I just did. Um, so, <laughs> it's exactly. I didn't say it, but you know, it is. It is very, very interesting. And um, I think, in answer to your question, the the more that I go through and the deeper I get into uh, the biochemistry and the chemistry of what occurs in the body, the more that I really find it lining up, and the more I start to wonder, how do we actually? How do you get through a four or five year course of doing dietetics and then still believe in the food pyramid there must be something going on because there is a lot of dietitians out there who and it's it's a long course it's not it's not an easy course um, mm-hmm. and i i just and at the only conclusion i can come to because we we at this the point that I um, moved over to the biochemistry, we, we, we were right at the end of the biochemistry within the dietetics course, so we'd done as deep as we were going to go, and it was pretty deep. And um, I just remember looking around at my classmates and thinking, how <laughs> how are they? Get, well, well, anyway, and um, the only conclusion I could make is that they will pull you into the room at the end and say, "Now listen, everything you learned about biochemistry, you got to follow it. You have got to get rid of it, otherwise we'll." shoot your family or something, because otherwise <laughs> out somebody that does dietetics still pushes it. The only other conclusion I can make is that possibly they're aware of other diets, like the keto diet, but maybe they think like I used to think where it's like, oh, I roll, here we go. Another fad diet, or maybe they're frightened to, you know, uh, call themselves a, a dietitian that is pro keto because I think it, it, it puts you in a difficult position. I mean, there was a doctor in uh, Australia that, um, was suggesting that his patients that were losing their limbs, he would, he's a orthopedic, orthopedic, the one that cuts off limbs of diabetics yeah, yeah. who are, uh-huh. you, know, uh, you know, And, uh, and he got into a lot of hot water, just like, uh, Timothy Noakes, because he was suggesting to his patients. Now you've done this, um, We've removed your limb, so from now on, I want you to eat a low sugar diet. And when you're at hospital, choose the eggs, don't choose the white bread. And he got in a lot of trouble for what he said, just for saying get rid of the sugar. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the Dietetics Association of Australia that were behind it all, and they took him to court and everything. So it was like a
0: five year battle, wasn't it? Yeah, my uh, friend Casey Ruff had had he and his wife on a couple of uh, times on his Boundless Body podcast, and. They told that story it's like a five-year battle okay. that they had to go through yeah
2: yeah and i think that scares a lot of people it certainly yeah. scares me yeah. um yeah
0: <laughs> it's pretty fascinating though like i to me i've been in this business long enough that i just don't care like i don't i I'm, I'm willing to speak my opinion because 20 25 years into it i don't give a shit what anybody thinks about me at this point it's like yeah if you disagree with me i don't really care i still love you but you know i've tried just about everything there is to try on myself and and my clients to to test it out and the reality is there's just certain things that don't work They just flat out don't work and it's so ridiculous and the only thing i can say the, the the funny part about nutrition and dietetics in my mind is it's like the most extreme dogmatic religion in the world you know, I don't, and I don't mean this offensive. If there is a religion out there that worships goats walking down the street wearing converse, I don't mean that offensive to anybody that does that. But like, if there was a goat walking down the street wearing converse, and everybody said, that's God, go pet him. And if you pet him, you're going to live a you know, uh, in eternity. It, it's like that, that we're, we're we're talking about stuff that just has no relevance to anything else. But yet we get these evangelicals out there promoting this over and over and over again of this is health, this is health, this is health. And the proof isn't there. And it's almost like if you want to become a dietitian, you got to be a glutton for punishment, you have to be getting into into a business where you know, you are absolutely going to fail 100% of the time. I mean, the American Dietetic Association, the American Cardiovascular Association, uh, the american heart association has a 100 percent chance of being wrong with all their dietetic stuff because every single thing that they put out there uh, american diabetes association in particular everything they do is wrong and they have an incidence of creating worse situations and yet because they're funded by the government they never have to prove to be right now people that are coaching other people you have to be right you have to get great results like i've tried vegan I had a good friend of mine that was a vegan chef made a made an amazing uh bar uh that that is still sold today uh 20 plus years later and you know he was a vegan chef and so i went vegetarian for a while to try it then i went vegan and that was the most depressed i've ever been in my adult life i felt horrible and i tried and i tried and i tried and i tried and it was awful and i think to myself i never want to feel like this again and I couldn't get the results I was looking for. I couldn't lift hard in the gym. I couldn't go for long hikes. I like my entire lifestyle just went to crap. And so there's a big difference. And coming to that performance point, you mentioned before the Wingate test, that throws me back to my exercise uh, uh, testing days where I was working with the Olympic uh, speed skating team, the short track speed skating team. We're doing blood lactate tests. We're doing Wingate tests. And we do a Wingate test on this one guy and he just blew it out of the water. Like you, he finished the protocol. Wattage was just unbelievable. I mean, just amazing stuff. So I said, what are you eating? What does that look like? He goes, Oh man, I don't know that this was my best performance today. Michael, this was amazing. He goes, Yeah, but I had a cookie like five days ago.
1: <laughs>
0: so I started to peel the onion layers back. I mean, he's eating a fairly high fat uh higher protein very low i love miles uh what you're saying there the the uh we're getting rid of the high sugar diet he didn't eat a high sugar diet and he was a top performer and he could skate faster than anybody right so performance matters and i think that in the dietetics world people fail constantly because they're just putting out the wrong stuff but i do think it's like this dogmatic religious belief and i think that's why they continue to promote it. Nikki, you're, what is it recently that you've been trying or testing in your own journey that you're finding good results with? What is it recently that you said, Oh, I didn't expect to get this particular result. But now I am.
2: Hmm, That's an interesting one. I'll be honest, I I have manipulated a few things over the years and experimented with a few things but i keep coming back to the same thing and that seems to be what works for me long term and you know you see a lot of um hype things coming into the into the keto community in the carnivore community high fat low fat blah 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 you know trying different devices and all this but i come back to keep it simple keep it you know if i just eat a lot of mince, a lot of red meat, and mm-hmm. a bit side and occasionally have organs that seems to work the best for me I went through a period where I tried doing higher protein days and you know high fat days and manipulate it all but honestly the results I'm finding lately are the best I guess I've 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 had and that is just the simpler the better a little bit of fat little well relative amount of fat relative amount of protein i try to aim for two meals a day um that well actually i always have two meals a day um and that's about it that's about it i mean to be honest i um it's it was frustrating recently because i i got um a a nasty gastro bug back in september and so i had to do a course of antibiotics it just wasn't Mm. um wasn't able to get rid of it on my own. I thought I might, so I probably left it too long. And so I thought to myself, will I need to do a gut healing protocol? What will I do? And so far, all I've done is just eat a lot of meat and, you know, have some, um, have some fat with it. And that seems to be working really well for me. Having said that, I, um, there are a few things that I, I I'm constantly trying to learn and, and develop with. There are a few things that I'll, I'll admit aren't quite where I want them to be yet. And I'm doing some testing to figure out what's going on there. Um, I, I'm finding that, yeah, I mean, my gut health seems to be back where it was prior to getting sick. So that's great. So I've obviously healed things there. Um, but my cholesterol is really, really high mm. and when we're talking carbohydrates before this is something that is on my mind a little bit lately and i'd like to experiment on myself because i'm a big believer and have been for a long time that having a lot of um ldl cholesterol is a good thing and the more i read into it the more i think that it makes sense because there are people like myself that would be considered lean mass hyper responders it's almost like the leaner you are the more you're going to have more of this mobile fat circulating around and therefore you know um that that seems to be okay in people that are leaner the heavier you are then the less you tend to have so i think that's a really interesting uh hypothesis and and i think that makes complete sense but my cholesterol is like obnoxiously high very mm. very high so i'm looking into could there be something going on with possibly an enzyme that's not able to convert cholesterol like it possibly should do to the um you know the 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 substrates down the track um, so you know it's it's a constant learning thing but i have to say it, it's quite amazing with all the things that have that i've been exposed to lately with the gastro thing and you know antibiotics and all that i feel pretty good my mood stayed pretty level you know my my hormones are okay it's it's pretty good considering <laughs> so i'm just going to keep doing simple you know two meals a day meat and fat that seems to be working really well i will say that I was suggested recently that possibly people like myself that have very, very high cholesterol levels could possibly do with some um, some fibre because it will essentially bind it and
0: get yeah.
2: yeah. it out. Which is an option that I will look into via the least toxic uh, you know plant sources. Having said that, I'm always a believer in... That to me sounds like a bit of a Band-Aid. You shouldn't have to do something that's different to everybody else. Could there be something that is going on that you could possibly solve. And so I'll be looking into some testing and things there. Um, But yeah, I I, I think um, I love the fact that you have this fantastic baseline when you go on a a protocol like this. And now three years in, my baseline is so strong (laughs) that I know that anything that changes that, it's very, very obvious. And I'm able to work with it very clearly as well.
0: I think it's a beautiful way to live your life. There's a simplicity to it you don't have to create this stress you know with the way that you live the way that you eat it it just it's very simple right the other thing i love about what you're talking uh, about relative to the way you eat and the way that you live is that you know your body you've taken time to understand how your body is responding to certain foods and i, I think i've said this on the podcast before but i have had several conversations i had a conversation a couple of months ago with a friend of mine who Said, man you eat really healthy you eat like this why do you do that every day i said but i I do this a because i enjoy it but b it works for my body i feel like i've got great energy and he goes i never thought about how food makes me feel and then he thought about that and then he came over to my desk later and he said oh after that lunch i felt like crap and i always feel like crap i feel like garbage i want to go take a nap my gut hurts i go spend a lot of time in the bathroom and He just had no connection between what he was eating and how he was feeling and that's far too common i that's happening i would say more often than not with people they are living this life where it's not they're not in tune with how food is affecting them so i absolutely love this constant let's experiment with this let's try it this growth mindset we're going to give it a give it a try we're going to see what happens in the body and then you know, we'll adapt. Nikki, for somebody who is maybe dealing with the same types of autoimmune challenges that you were dealing with, somebody who hears this and they kind of feel this sense of calling inside that, hey, maybe this is something I, I should try, where would you recommend they start?
2: Yeah, I would get them thinking about what can you imagine human beings would have done before we you know if you take it back to all the way back to hundreds and hundreds of years back even even 200 years back Mm -hmm. what would human beings have done you know they would have grown their own food it would have been local they wouldn't have pesticides on it the food that they were getting was probably higher in nutrients much more dense in nutrients And again, it was local and I think this is all very important things that somebody would consider because, you know, there's a lot of different um, reasons why somebody would want to go on a protocol like this. And I think if it's autoimmunity and they've got severe autoimmune conditions that they're trying to solve, then I think perhaps a period of of really getting rid of all of those plant products and giving your body time to reset and 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 have a period where it can just regenerate and 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 then possibly adding things back in is interesting but i think if they can if they can think to themselves what would human beings have done even 200 years ago i think that gives them a clear picture of what a long term diet can look like and as i said if they're dealing with some kind of autoimmune condition possibly a period on an on a carnivore at least animal based diet can be really really healing and of course there are many reasons for that i mean not only is it so nutrient dense but it doesn't have a lot of the crap that plants do have might not have that many anti-nutrients but then if you think about all the things that are put on that plant before you get to eat it yeah you know so by coming back to just animal foods you're getting rid of a lot of crap and you're adding a lot of nutrients that your body possibly hasn't had for many many years and you're suddenly giving your body a chance to make all the things it needs and if you think about it the body requires so much protein and so many amino acids so that it can make it rebuild tissues. And if you've got something like a Crohn's disease or something, you need to rebuild that tissue before you can even think about anything else going on in your body. You rebuild the tissue. What do you need to supply it with? Fat and protein. That's what we make this stuff out of. Thankfully, our body makes some carbohydrates as well. And so the little bit of carbohydrates that you require to make cells work properly, Your body can make it so um i would say to them think about where our origins are and consider a a period possibly without at least grains and inflammatory inflammatory foods um and possibly an animal-based diet
0: i love that because it it comes back to who we are as human beings we don't live in a society right now that lives in harmony with who we are as humans. We've created a society that we then try to fit our bodies and our brains into, but it's a, it's a round peg, square hole. We don't fit, right? This new society we've created, we have to figure out how do we go backwards in the way that we are eating and living to live the things that we need, Right. It's not that conveniences and technology is bad. I mean, technology is getting me in Utah, miles in Ohio and you in Australia talking together. That's an amazing thing, right? Well, I'm not saying let's go back to the Stone Age, but the advancements, if we want to call them that in food production are not advancements. They're not they're just we're producing food products, but we're not producing food. So I absolutely love what you're talking about. Of go back 100 years, go back 200 years imagine what that looked like start to go from there well nikki we're coming up on our time and i've got a few other questions that i want to ask you just about you and your personal growth and evolution um what is something that you've learned in the last three years that really excites you the most
2: um probably that i'm much more um passionate and um well that i that i I guess that i found something that really gives me drive and that makes me want to be the best at understanding this i i i mean like you were saying before about about dietitians it must be terribly frustrating um for them having clients come in and and not getting results and perhaps some clients do get results but is it long term possibly not and i know i when i did nutrition and we had clients coming in and you know you were seeing them and week by week not only were they not getting results but i don't think it 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 didn't feel right to them. It didn't even feel right to me what I was kind of telling them to do. Um, So I think, yeah, I, I think what excites me now is that I found something that I'm passionate about and that I can see can make a difference. And if I can be a dietitian with that little bit of extra biochemistry in there to be able to understand really what what is happening in the body specifically for autoimmune disorders, because I think they are certainly on the rise and I'm starting to wonder how much, how many conditions out there actually have an autoimmune base. Mm. Um, I'm fascinated by epigenetics as well. And, um, I certainly don't think every condition that people deal with is autoimmune, but I I am starting to wonder, you know, things like anxiety and depression, even could there be something going on there with your body attacking itself, or at least a lacking in some nutrient. Yeah. And so, that's what I'm excited about. I think, I think there is a a hole in the system. And I think to become a dietitian that can really change the way that people see food and change the way that they see things like a ketogenic and an animal based diet, because it, it will bring people hopefully back to, yeah, what, what, what are humans supposed to do? And how can we how can we um, get there? And how can we try and get rid of some of these awful and debilitating daily problems for people? How can we make people more comfortable?
0: <laughs> Important questions. And I think that those are the things that we have to ask if we're gonna to continue to evolve and, and push things forward because I, there was something I was reading recently. They were, uh, you know, researchers were hypothesizing that perhaps uh, dementia and Alzheimer's is a type three diabetes. That there, may, there, there are similar things happening with dementia and Alzheimer's that are happening with a type 2 diabetes and that this might be a metabolic disease, right? There are several things that we have to start asking these questions for. Anxiety, depression, they're not a deficiency in medication, they are there and they are continuing to rise because of other factors. And we have to look at the causative factors and the correlative factors and say, what is happening there? Um, who's inspiring you right now?
2: Oh, gosh. Um, probably the guy from Ninja Nerd Lectures, particularly. I love his lectures. I don't actually even know what his name is. Josh, I think. I listened to his stuff. All the time and he's so passionate about what he does I don't know if we're quite on the same alignment with what we believe in but I love people that are passionate it makes things interesting to listen to I think the more passionate you are about a topic even something like chemistry it can make it interesting so yeah, I really love listening yeah. to stuff. At the moment. Um, and just everybody in the everybody in the Instagram space that have change their life I find that very very inspiring because um, I know myself how just credible it is and and how much of a big deal it is to accept possibly that what you've been doing all of your life maybe isn't working and I really take my hat off to people that are open-minded and able to sort of say okay well maybe I'll try something new and and listen to what information is out there of course what I'm exposed to all the time uni is is lack of open-mindedness so that really Mm. means a lot to me somebody that's open-minded i I have a lot of respect for them
0: who has been a a pivotal person in your life
1: oh
2: (laughs) oh Oh, gosh oh god i don't know i don't think there's one one person that's really pushed me through the space I, i can't say that unfortunately i've found one lecturer that really you know that I that I find particularly amazing. Um, probably my mum because she's she has come from a, a place where she was not open minded to it all, and she's taken it on completely. And she's been following a carnivore diet for probably about a year and a half now. And wow. you know she's, she's and she's reversed a lot of issues that she was dealing with lost a lot of weight. And I just love the fact that she's open-minded to it and she feels great. And she's always an open ear for me when I, when I number one need to have a vent about uni (laughs) or just (laughs) wanting to hear the latest thing that I've learned. She's always a good ear. So probably my mom.
0: (laughs) That's great. I love that. Well, Nikki Grendel, uh, biochem, Nikki on Instagram. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Uh, I think we've had a a great conversation. And on that note, folks, it is time for us to wrap up another episode of the Evolve podcast. I want to thank our guest, Nikki Grendel, for joining us and my co-host, W. Miles Riley. Uh, Nikki, I I know we referenced your Instagram. You post some great videos on there. Is that the best place for people to follow you and get more uh, of your content?
2: Yeah, at the moment it is, I'm a bit of a technophobe. So Instagram is really the only place that I have at the moment. I am getting a website set up. I couldn't even do that myself. So I'm getting somebody to do that for me. Um, And hopefully I can take on some clients soon. Um, So I'd absolutely love to do that. That's that's what I'm excited about for this year. Uh, So I will let you know when that happens, but at this point it's just Instagram.
0: Love it. And we will put uh, the link to Nikki's Instagram in the show notes. And if she starts doing some uh, coaching, you'll find out about it from the Instagram as well. Well, Nikki Crandall, thanks once again for joining us. And hey, folks, remember that it does take time and consistency to evolve. But first you have to disrupt. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve
1: and evolve.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Evolve podcast. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. And if you haven't done so, please give us a rating. As an independent podcast, it really helps us get more reach. This podcast is part of our mission to help millions of people evolve into the best versions of themselves. Please check out our coaching services at evolve-cast.com or pick up some of our Evolve merch. Until next time, keep evolving.